This episode of GT the Podcast is supported by Alcon. At Santin, preserving eyesight while enhancing the patient experience is our singular focus. We are dedicated to finding innovative solutions in glaucoma, retinal diseases, dry eye, and corneal disorders so ophthalmologists can help their patients enjoy eyesight for longer. Learn more at SantinUSA.com. This is Ike Ahmed. And I'm Arsham Shabani. And we want to welcome you to GT the Podcast. We're bringing this to you together with BMC and Glaucoma Today. To offer audible insights into current topics in glaucoma care. Presented by the authors of our latest, most read GT articles. Check it out. Welcome to GT the Podcast. In this episode, we hear from several physicians who contributed to the article, Newfound Insights into Glaucoma Care from the November-December 2020 issue of Glaucoma Today. In this article, the authors share how they have navigated the range of challenges presented by COVID-19 over the past year and how these challenges have yielded new discoveries about glaucoma and its management, such as the merits of telemedicine and the need for better options for monitoring glaucoma at home. First up, we hear from Dr. Hussam Ansari. The COVID-19 pandemic has presented several insights into my practice and my patients that I had either forgotten or not yet realized. At the peak of the pandemic, when we were only allowed to see urgent cases, I adopted video-based telemedicine visits with patients. Obviously, I could not conduct any meaningful eye examination for glaucoma purposes, but the ability to speak with patients without time pressure, to talk about their quality of life, to discuss their medication use, and to see the inside of their homes was extremely gratifying. The gratitude those patients showed in return made me realize how much a physician's attention matters to them. Patients appreciate the check-in, even if nothing practical can be accomplished. I never realized before how much they relied on my reassurance. Something else the pandemic has highlighted for me is the brazen practice we had of making our patients wait for hours in the office during their appointments. I used to make no apologies for this. The pandemic, however, has made it obvious how inappropriate that is. I'm excited that my practice has cracked the code and discovered a way to get our patients in and out quickly and safely while still delivering outstanding care. Here's Dr. Michael Greenwood. As the saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. With the changes introduced to our practice patterns to minimize patient visits and contact during the COVID-19 pandemic, That certainly seemed to be the case this year. During the pandemic, I have learned that we need more options for sustained drug delivery and more methods of monitoring patients with glaucoma outside of the clinic. Currently, one sustained drug delivery option is available, but access to an option that is longer lasting or repeatable would go a long way for patients. As for monitoring patients outside the clinic, We simply need more available solutions, whether it be a take-home tonometer, an implantable IOP monitoring device, or perhaps even an automated method similar to the blood pressure cuffs located in many stores and pharmacies. Diagnostic devices such as these could provide physicians with substantially more information about their patient's conditions and could alleviate patients' anxiety about their disease and or access to their physicians. Next, we have Dr. John Lind. COVID-19 has been a disruptive force 
in patient care during 2020. But not all disruptive forces are bad. We have learned how to connect to patients outside of our brick and mortar clinics. We have learned how to rely on our colleagues' records and purpose new therapies without a traditional face-to-face -face encounter. We have learned to stress compliance and address patient needs with a phone call or virtual visit. We have learned new operation protocols that have been developed out of necessity to make care safer for patients and staff. Next up, we hear from Dr. Shaquille Sharif. The COVID-19 pandemic brought to light the importance of education, communication, empathy, and reassurance. It also emphasized the need to remind patients of the chronicity of glaucoma and of its nature as a slowly progressive neurodegenerative disease. Glaucoma specialists play an important role in the doctor-patient relationship to allay patients' fear of going blind. Irrespective of disease severity, several clinical trials spanning the disease spectrum from ocular hypertension to advanced disease enable me to counsel patients that, in general, glaucoma can be kept under control. During the temporary ban on elective surgeries due to COVID-19, glaucoma management took on a new meaning for non-urgent cases. Optimization of medical therapy in my practice was twofold. First, we utilized fixed combination medications to enhance compliance. Second, we emphasized the role of proper drop installation with either eyelid closure or nasolacrimal occlusion to increase ocular absorption and drug efficacy while minimizing systemic absorption to avert side effects. The slogan, an educated consumer is our best customer, pays dividends by placing the onus on patients to take their drops properly. I remind patients, it's not what you take, but how you take it. For elderly individuals who live alone or those who with involuntary hand tremors or arthritis, nasolacrimal occlusion may be impractical. Given the challenge of eye-hand coordination in properly placing an eye drop, I simply ask patients to close their eyelids for three to five minutes. This approach is particularly important in patients with thick corneas noted on pachymetry. Looking at a given patient's intraocular pressure clinical data spanning several years, I have observed a sustained reduction in eye pressure of as much as four to five millimeters of mercury not seen in prior visits. For patients who are intolerant of multiple glaucoma medications, or who quickly run out of their drops due to excessive bottle squeezing, I have offered preservative-free alternatives necessitating the use of individual vials for each drop, not only to enhance tolerability, but also to avoid waste respectively. Given the negative impact that COVID-19 has had on the economy, the findings of the Selective Laser Trabeculoplasty, SLT, versus eye drops for the first-line treatment of ocular hypertension and glaucoma trial seem especially relevant. In this trial, Treatment-naive patients with open-angle glaucoma or ocular hypertension were randomly assigned to receive either SLT, selective laser trabeculoplasty, or eye drops as a first-line treatment. According to the three-year data, more patients in the SLT arm than the eye drop arm achieved their target intraocular pressure, 93% versus 91.3%, and SLT was more cost-effective than medical therapy. Additionally, none of the SLT patients required surgical intervention during the study period, compared with 11 patients in the eye drop group. I now offer patients the option of laser treatment either as a first-line therapy or earlier in the treatment paradigm instead of escalating medical therapy to control intraocular pressure. For patients who require surgical intervention, the pandemic has emphasized the importance of being patient-centric when selecting a procedure. This entails minimizing the frequency of postoperative visits while achieving an acceptable level of intraocular pressure. Even before COVID-19, 
a significant trend among Medicare recipients has been observed in which surgeons are moving away from performing primary trabeculectomy and toward non-bleb forming procedures such as MIGS. Schlem canal-based procedures offer a built-in safety net against hypotony due to the episcleral venous pressure, especially in elderly patients. From a quality of life standpoint, I offer MIGS to patients who are administering multiple medications by striking a balance between safety and a reduction in post-operative visits, with the compromise of still having to instill glaucoma medications, although with a reduced post-operative treatment burden. A report from the American Academy of Ophthalmology showed that among patients with medically controlled glaucoma who needed cataract surgery and had not undergone prior incisional surgery, that cataract surgery alone resulted in a sustained intraocular pressure reduction out to one and a half to three years in those with primary open-angle glaucoma by much as 13%, pseudoexfoliative glaucoma by 20%, and chronic angle closure glaucoma of up to 30%. Patients with chronic angle closure glaucoma were found to have an additional 58% decrease in medication burden. During the pandemic, I have offered select patients the option of cataract surgery as a standalone procedure with the understanding that they may need additional glaucoma intervention in the future. This approach provides peace of mind to both the doctor and the patient that until the pandemic is brought under control with the distribution of FDA-approved vaccines, cataract surgery alone also plays a role similar to a MIGS procedure in lowering and controlling intraocular pressure. I recently treated a 92-year-old patient who was administering four glaucoma medications with a visual acuity of 2400 an intraocular pressure of 20 millimeters of mercury OD, and a mature age-related nucleosclerotic cataract and advanced cupping. She had progressive visual loss with the pitch black field noted in the right eye on a standard 24-2 Humphrey field analyzer test. A kinetic perimetry of the right eye revealed an inferior island of vision confined to within 30 degrees with split fixation. Although an abexternal procedure was an option to lower her intraocular pressure, given her limited mobility, dependence on others for transportation, and very thin bulbar conjunctiva on examination, I was concerned about her risk of perioperative suprachoidal hemorrhage, the need for intensive postoperative medical therapy, and multiple office visits during the pandemic. As a result, I took a patient-centric approach and considered a slim canal-based procedure, while keeping in mind that episcleral venous pressure functions to counter hypotony, which can be associated with the risk of choroidal expansion. The three-year findings of the HORIZON trial showed no difference in corneal endothelial cell loss between patients randomly assigned to undergo combined FACO and hydrous macro-stent implantation versus cataract surgery alone. This finding was important in my efforts to minimize endothelial cell loss in my nonagenarian patient, not only during surgical manipulation, but also in the postoperative period long-term. Further, the Horizon study showed that 73% of eyes in the combined phacohydrous group were medication-free, compared with 48% in the cataract surgery alone group. Given the life expectancy of my patient, I felt this was a reasonable compromise to help her maintain her level of visual functioning for the remainder of her life. The Horizon study also showed that patients in the combined group had a lower likelihood of intraocular pressure spikes greater than 40 millimeters of mercury on post-operative day one than patients in the cataract surgery alone group of 1.4% versus 14.4% in the latter. Additionally, the incidence of intraocular pressure at least 10 millimeters of mercury above baseline on post-operative day one was significantly lower at 3% in the combined group versus 22.5% 
and the cataract surgery only group. This is critical in a patient with split fixation at risk of a snuff out of central vision. The patient underwent combined phaco and hydrus surgery under topical anesthesia. At her last post-operative visit, visual acuity was 2080, and the intraocular pressure was 11 millimeters of mercury on one glaucoma medication. Incorporating well-designed studies into my practice and taking a patient-centric approach in each case has enabled me not only to minimize post-operative complications and visits, but also to help patients maintain their quality of life and avert blindness. And finally, here's Dr. Daniel Lee. In the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic, my colleagues and I made our best efforts to triage patients. Calculated risks were taken, and patients who were deemed high risk were kept on the schedule while others' appointments were postponed indefinitely. As our, quote, lower-risk patient population began to filter back into the practice, several had unexpectedly elevated IOPs and optic nerve progression, despite long track records of stability. On the other hand, some patients with, quote, high-risk and uncontrolled glaucoma who chose to self-quarantine and cancel their visits return with stable disease. The pandemic has served as a reminder that the course of glaucoma can be nonlinear and unpredictable. Our best answer to this unpredictable nature is close and frequent monitoring. This experience has highlighted our need for at-home testing, and I look forward to the many innovations in telehealth technology that are underway. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of GT the Podcast. If you have any feedback or topic suggestions, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And stay tuned for more hot topics in glaucoma care coming up on GT the Podcast. GT the Podcast.